We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Middleton. Yes. Chris Middleton. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and for the first time proudly on video. I am Ty Windish. I am here with the elegant Rohan Kadi. You can see me thinking of the word on the fly there. We came up with elegant this time. Rohan, how's it going? Doing well. It's we're we're officially exposing the viewers to our backgrounds a little bit. Mine I need you're to You're exposing I, I that edit. you're a stunt artist. I'm exposing that I need a real backdrop. That I'm a stunt artist? Yes. Look at the colored lights. I have okay, to look over right. here to look at you. Yeah, that's, I think that's I think those are flashy. TikTok lights, as the kids call oh, them. Oh, look at you. I know. I got a, I got a poster here that uh, Is that science? I made. Yeah, it's oh, science. Nice. Yeah. Presented anyway, at a conference in like San Diego. Was it was it well received? Oh, it was very well received. It's top of the line research, of course. I'm glad to hear it. So I guess we should talk about the Bucks and not our backdrop at some point. Um I want to go deep into Giannis. I know you do too. Um, there's just been, it's been such a flashpoint year for Giannis. I think there's, I think we would all agree, certainly not looking the same as he's looked the last two years, which of course he won MVP both years. But first we should probably start with some sort of delayed news, at least half of it. The Bucks, uh, Is that a pun? Is it? Is that a pun delayed news? Oh, it is now. The Bucks had a game postponed. I guess I feel like because... One half of a back-to-back was the Lakers, and the other was the Wizards. The Wizards game getting postponed didn't resonate as much, plus it was a Friday. But for the first time this season, and this has been the norm for a lot of teams, 
The Bucks had a game pushback, that game against the Wizards. I believe still just TBD on the date for that. I guess we'll see when, if they make that up. Some of these teams have a lot of postponements to make up, so we'll see what the NBA does. But what are your postponement takes? Should we stop the league? Is is I don't know. What do you what do you think about this? I guess. I think it all depends on how they handle the scheduling of the second half. Because this is the entire reason that they actually came out with a first half schedule and not just the entire uh, season out there at one time because they knew there were going to be postponements. They knew there were going to be just delays. This was an inevitable problem. So whether they actually try to squeeze all of those games in for teams that have postponements, like you mentioned, a lot of teams are dealing with a lot of postponements. I think the Wizards uh, have been hit maybe the hardest. They've missed like seven straight games. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, are they going to have to make up all of those games in the span of that second half season? I don't recall what baseball did. Do you? I did don't. they just I think forget they, about I it? I think they made up a lot of them because baseball, you can do doubleheaders. Yeah, it's just I think it makes it's it a difficult. Lot with, yeah, it's difficult with basketball, though. Look, yeah, it is. I don't think I don't think the NBA should do that. To be clear, um, honestly, the the gap of games was kind of nice. It kind of felt more like a normal season in that we had like multiple off days, and it's obviously off days mean more to players. But it's kind of nice too, as a, a a podcaster, to have more than one day go without a game. As much as you do start to miss the game, looking at the standings right now is wild. Not just in like who's in first, Sixers in first, Celtics in second, freaking LOL, but. To look at the amount of games, so it's like the there's two teams in a row in eight and nine that have played eighteen. Then there's three teams in a row that have played seventeen. Then the Heat played sixteen. The Pistons and last also played seventeen. The Wizards tucked in there in fourteenth have played twelve games. So six less than a lot of these teams. Seven less than the Nets, um, who have played nineteen games so far, who have been prolific. Uh, the Bucks are in there with 16 as well. The Sixers with 18. There's usually some divide. I mean, the teams don't all play on the same day like the NFL. But to see one team play 12 while some others have played 18, I think really puts it into perspective how much difference there is just based on, I mean, really, it's it's just luck, right? There's not anything more into it. Yeah, I think what they're going to have to end up doing is rather than trying to squeeze every missed game in, they're going to have to even it out in terms of games played. So these teams like Brooklyn, LA, they, uh, New York, Orlando, Philadelphia, those are the five teams that have played the most games. They are going to end up playing less games in the second half of the season, while mm. teams like the Wizards are going to be playing more games. So at the end of the season, they end up playing the same amount of games. I don't know. I think that makes the most sense rather than just trying. Brutal, though. I mean, like, also, it's better than the Wizards trying to play the rest of their schedule plus the entire games that they've missed. I agree with that, but I, the league is seeing ratings finally go up for once. We have good ratings reports. That I've seen I haven't so seen far. those latest. At least, at least as opposed to last year. Um, so at least they're not continuing to go down. I don't know if the NBA's answer to that is going to have the Wizards playing twice as many games as the Nets. Uh, I guess we'll see. Like you said, it's just, it's luck-based. Because, like, the Wizards are last. Grizzlies are a fun team. Phoenix is a fun team. New Orleans is a fun team. Those teams are all at the bottom in terms of game played. Houston, Utah, who's on, uh, I think, a seven- or eight-game winning streak as of now. Eight, Uh, yeah. Eight, yeah. You just, it's just luck. And hopefully this doesn't happen. But these teams at the top are probably going to end up missing more games too. 
Yeah, yeah, it just seems like that's uh, that is where we're at. So, speaking of scheduling first, second halves, that's our other bit of news, I suppose. This is a little bit fresher, but I think still a few days ago now. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, I always get a kick out of saying the full name, reported that the NBA is looking at having an all-star game March 7th in Atlanta, and then it included a bunch of really nice, fluffy, we'll say input, some would say spin maybe from the NBA about how they will be supporting activism causes and COVID relief and stuff with the game. Clearly, the NBA it would be thinking, at like an HBCU, I think. Yeah, they would I, yes. Post the game at. So there, there would be a bright side. There would be some positivity coming from this, at least in terms of like dollars and awareness for some things. But still, it does seem a little bit risky. We just talked about all these postponements. How would you feel about there being an All Star Game this year? I think there were going to be teams either way named at least like the NBA or the G League does midseason teams that don't actually do anything. There is no all-star game, or at least there wasn't last year. What do you think about the NBA putting on a game? Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, I believe you're correct. They were just going to name teams like they mm-hmm. do all NBA. It's not like all NBA actually plays a game. True. Anybody. Yeah. And it's, I think it's important for some contract incentives and stuff. It's not a supermax yes. thing, but there are, you can tie incentives to all-star and, and really like anything. So yeah, yeah I think it's it, just, it and it's, it's most like the game doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> That's very true. I will say they, the last year's was more fun than usual. It was, it was. The, and hopefully, hopefully they can do it again next year. <laughs> yeah, but yep. let's just, let's just not like there's, there's yeah. no real point to hosting an actual all-star game. Like they had a plan of not doing it. What in the start of this season has shown them that, you know what? Maybe this is a good idea. Maybe we should actually host a game. Like you were sick. all of these postponements are happening. All of these teams are figuring out how to get players. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving are all playing like 40 plus. Kevin Durant damn near played an hour in a basketball game coming off a tour to Achilles because the Brooklyn Nets don't have enough players. And you're talking about hosting an actual All-Star game. Like, get out of here. Cut the HBCUs a check. Like, Yes, yes. I feel like I just do want to that. clap. Like, you nailed that. Um... I don't see the need for the game. I, I don't hate the game in a normal year. I know there's some people who say, like, don't even play it. No, I like the game. I'm one of the few the people that actually likes the game. I don't like the other stuff as much. I will say that. What I, do you the, mean? The three All-Star point Saturday Night? Doesn't oh, that's do it fun. For me. That's fun. Doesn't I do like it, it for me that much. The skills challenge is hit or miss. Um, the dunk contest is okay. I, I kind of feel it like has it, its years. I, yeah, I kind of feel like it jumped the shark. Like it's not just gonna, it's not gonna be good every year. But I feel like the on years probably make it worth it to do it. I just, I don't care that much overall. But so, like, it's it's very hit or miss, like you said. Um, I guess I'd probably be more down with the dunk contest because I feel like that's a lot easier to do. Like sanitize the hoop and the ball, and like just have everyone stand apart from each other. I feel like the dunk contest you could probably talk me into a little easier. You, plus, you don't less even need to be together to do yeah, a dunk that's contest. Great point. Yep. You, yeah, you could just. What did they do? Uh, they did the, the horse thing. Yeah, right? that's what I'm yeah. thinking of the horse thing, which failed miserably. Uh, horse is not that exciting to watch. It's barely exciting. To also, play. these are millionaires, and they couldn't figure out how to get adequate internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they shouldn't do it remotely. Maybe they should just do nothing. Or I don't know. Plan it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit well, me up. Be... Slide in my DMs, NBA. I'll help you plan <laughs> it. Like, it's not that hard. At Arcadi Junior for that yeah. one. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's a little ridiculous. I mean, March is more than a month from now. I was going to say a couple months. It's like a month and 10 days from now. 2021 flying, which I I don't hate based on, like, let's just put as much distance as possible between us and 2020 at this point. But yeah, I don't see the need for the game. I mean, even knowing that Giannis is probably going to be, he's certainly an all-star, probably going to be a captain again. I just, I don't need it. Yeah, he's probably going to be a captain. He actually has competition now in KD. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, he usually but, gets more votes than KD, though. Yeah, but we haven't seen KD actualized on his own team. Although I just think KD doesn't have that many stands in general. Like it's kind of funny about him and Harden teaming up. I I don't I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I I don't know what Brooklyn's fan base. I don't, I don't base think we have to like. worry about James Harden being in that. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Um, but I, maybe him and KD will split votes like KD and Steph did in the last couple of years. And I would bet right now it's LeBron and Giannis again if they do it the yeah, same Yeah, it's going to be but... LeBron and Giannis for as long as those two are in the league. <laughs> I think so. Which it might be the same amount of time based on how LeBron is looking lately. My goodness. Yeah. But speaking of Giannis, it's a good segue because we want to talk a lot about Giannis. And I want to open just with your overall impressions on his season here is Giannis's slash line, 27.0 points, 10.5 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.1 steals, 1.1 blocks. I don't have the turnovers up. I think it's fairly high, but not un- unreasonably high compared to where Giannis usually is. Shooting 54.6% from the field. That's made up of 30.0% from three, 61.3% from two, and a dismal 58.5% from three from the free throw line. Excuse me. So... It's kind of funny the way even I'll say I talk about Giannis is like a bad year. He's not looking like himself. Those are still really good numbers. He's still having an outsized impact on every single game. But what is your overall take on Giannis's season so far? Uh, first, he it is 3.9 turnovers. Oh, it's actually actually lower than I thought, to be quite honest yeah, with you. It has gone up, though. Oh, well. uh, he's, been, he's been averaging 3.7 the last two seasons, which is fairly consistent. Yeah. So... My overall thoughts on this season so far for Giannis, he he looks like the new kid, even though this is his franchise, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I think it, it looks expound. like he, So it feels like it's not even close to the same situation, but right now it feels like I want to say 17-18 Milwaukee in terms of Giannis because this guy is clearly <laughs> – in an outstanding player, two-time MVP. He has outstanding potential within this offense. It's just not there. Whatever it is just isn't there fully. And it's he, Giannis and his skills are not being fully maximized. So in the 17-18 season, that's because of a whole plethora of reasons, roster, coaching, just whatever. Pick, pick your poison. Yeah. Now it's because of Giannis. <laughs> yeah. He, he hasn't necessarily gelled in terms of this new offense that we've been talking at length about the last month. How long has this season been? A month already? It's been like a month and three days, oh I believe. Goodness. December 23rd, right? Two days yeah. before Christmas was against yeah. Boston opening game, opening night. So for the last month, I guess, we've been talking yeah. about this. Wild. Um, the rest of this team has sort of figured it out. Like, this is the number one offense in the league. We'll talk more about that by far the best offense in the league the one missing cog in terms of actually maximizing it is Giannis yeah <laughs> and I don't know we, we're, let, 
it, it feels off. <laughs> it feels off. It does. And I think it's been, I think Giannis is a microcosm for the Bucks season in a whole kind of in himself. And I think that's always how it's going to be with a star player, especially, you know, that kind of a star player. Like, obviously, the season at the end of the day is going to be determined by Giannis in some way, shape, or form. Like, if Giannis looks this uncomfortable in the new offense for the whole season in the playoffs, they're not going to win a title. We, we all know this. Like, this is something that I've been, I've tried to make very clear and say over and over and over again. They, the Bucks don't look like a team that would win a title right now in their last five games or whatever. I don't, I don't think they should have been expected to. I certainly didn't expect them to, but I don't want to belabor that point too much. But I think Giannis's play embodies it as a whole because Giannis, as great as he is, two-time reigning MVP, yada, 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 he is probably the hardest player in the rotation to fit into – like any given offense or scheme on either end, right? I mean, I guess not on defense because he's, he's just very malleable on defense. But offensively, what he can do and does not do well is I feel like there's just more of an imbalance than any other player. You know, you see all the things Chris does well, all the things a guy like Drew Holiday does well. The role players are the role players. It just doesn't matter as much. Like if Bryn Forbes can't post somebody up, it's not going to make or break the Bucks' offense. It shouldn't matter at It'll all. It'll break me, but <laughs> it will break, break you if he does it. But yeah, it won't. It won't if he pulls a Wes Matthews um, from the first game last year. But um, but Giannis, it's like it all comes down to Giannis in a way, and and fitting Giannis into he. I think I said that this way on Twitter. He needs to fit in, but stand out, and he hasn't been able to do both at the same time consistently for multiple games yet this season. I think we've seen some flashes of both, like when he had, what was it? I don't even remember how many assists. The Bucks literally set a record for three-pointers made against Miami. That was Giannis fitting in in a way. He wasn't scoring as much. He wasn't shooting as much at all, but he was fitting into this new offense with real shooters and with utilizing the dunker spot and creating so much offense. But he needs to blend that kind of stuff with scoring more from that in-between area. I think we saw some games, especially like the Lakers game, I thought he was just too aggressive. We saw him screen a lot more in the Nets game, and I think the results were pretty good. The Bucks, some pretty bad bud rotation stuff to start that fourth quarter, and the Bucks just had an outlier bad shooting night, and Brooklyn shot really well, so it, it happens. It was a close game, really almost a win for the Bucks against a very, very good Nets team. We already talked about that on the last episode, so go listen to that if you haven't heard that yet but i just think we're gonna keep seeing mixed results as long as Giannis isn't fully acclimated and that's the key of the season right is to get him acclimated with the dunker spot and more motion he's screening more and we have some great quotes i want to dive into about that from bud and Giannis. thanks to the i don't want to come up with an adjective on the spot i was going to say immaculate but uh, the terrific eric name um, I can't wait to dig into, but what are your thoughts on that idea that Giannis needs to, he needs to stand out, right? He's not ever going to be DeAndre Jordan, just finishing lobs and, and rolling to the rim. No shots at DeAndre Jordan, but he needs to no, figure take, out... take offense, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, DeAndre, but I just, he needs to, I don't know. I don't know how to put it any other way than that. He needs like, to he needs fit to... in and not yeah. fit out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you, LeBron Cotty. <laughs> I just had to get that in there. You kept saying fit in too I much. I had, to I, say, I had to say it. Uh, but yeah, I think you hit the nail on that there. 
you just you need to get Giannis you need to get Giannis comfortable I don't know how else to really put that in in terms of what he needs to do within this offense we can we've talked about all the schematic adjustments you mentioned like the screening the uh more constant motion getting him off the ball more that stuff needs to happen and it has been happening as we've talked about that stuff has been happening it just needs to be repetitive what's the problem that we've talked about with the milwaukee bucks defense in terms of playoffs the last couple years they try stuff but they just don't know how to do it because they're not used to it so what is this time for this time is for getting used to it. We're only a month into the season. I know I said a month like it's a long time, but we are just, how many games have they played? Like 16 games or something like that? I believe 16 games. Yep. So they've played 16 games out of a potentially 72-game season. Yeah. There is plenty of time. It's just about repetition, repetition, repetition. I feel like my piano teacher right now. Uh, <laughs> shouts to francine barkley what was the first song you learned how to play on piano i honestly don't remember i learned bad day really yeah i learned bad day on piano i i know i quit piano i should have stuck with piano i quit piano but uh, i did learn bad day and it was fun to play oh i did 10 years of piano lessons whoa yeah Yeah. you're a billion times better than me that's really cool yeah but i i it's been a it's been a while yeah. <laughs> but yeah repetition as my piano teacher would say it's just that's how you get comfortable at least that's how i view it and that's how i think this team views it as we do you want let's just do you want to get into the quotes yeah let's get into the quotes so i think this one in my opinion was probably the most insightful slash encouraging um this is from mike budenholzer coach bud uh, and then this is from Eric Name's latest piece on the box, really all about on the athletic. Go read it. Yeah. Subscribe to the athletic. If only for Eric, who's just been crushing it with schematic coverage and, and all the things that we've been pretty obsessed with here on the Eurostep. I think Eric has been um, thinking along similar lines. So I, I guess that means we're on to something. So I think that's good for us, but here's a quote. I think he feels like, and we feel like him getting to the rim and finishing is always some, is something that is always going to be his fastball, Budenholzer said. It's going to be his go-to move. But the more we kind of develop and he develops and grows other parts of his game, I think the better he's going to be, the better we're going to be. I feel like that's a great way to look at it because there's like Giannis is always going to have possessions where he gets to the rim and you know just dunks on somebody or, or makes a crazy athletic finish around somebody. And I do feel like he's been going around players more to try and draw less charges. That's an aside. Um, but that's one thing I've noticed a little bit about Giannis's game too. That's again, it's not you know the 80% from free throw or 45% from three that people are looking for, but it's still a meaningful thing. But I think that's how you should look at it is like figuring out how to do everything else because I don't think Giannis is going to lose the ability to finish like that if he does takes three less shots like that per game. But if he gets the ability to do something else, it's going to be a great regular season trade, even if it causes some awkwardness, some air balls, you know, a slightly worse net rating for a little while, whatever. Yes, because he's already accomplished the regular season accolades. He's He's been a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. I mean, all NBA all-star, that's a given. These are these are things he's he's gotten the regular season achievements. It's just time to get over that hump now, yep. and this is how that sort of happens. Like you said, with the he's going to have games where he doesn't have the biggest impact in terms of actual statistics or in terms of actual play. Yeah, it's just he's he's going to miss a lot of shots. He's going to, you know, be frustrated at times, but 
that's how you learn. <laughs> that's how you get better. That's how you get better at anything. If I wanted to, let's say piano again. I, if I, 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 was so, I was so hoping we'd get back to more piano. So if I wanted to just like pick up piano again, I'm not going to just be able to play like Mozart right off the bat, right? <laughs> like yeah. I, I'm out of practice. I, I'm going to have to relearn some skills. I'm going to have to relearn. I'm going to have to start over from the bottom. I'm going to need to work my way up. And there's going to be a lot of uh, hitches in the road, but, and it's going to take time. But eventually, if I stick at it, I can get there. I can get there. That's the same thing that Giannis has to do. It's, and the regular season is his time to really get there. And I think that's one thing I really want to emphasize is that the more we, we talked about this in the preseason, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. This has just become more and more clear in my head. This regular season does not matter whatsoever. Not whatsoever. What they, what they learn to do matters. And well, that's yes, why. So yes. somebody, somebody I, tweeted this at me. I think this is an important distinction. I don't mean to correct you or whatever, but somebody tweeted at me because I'd said something similar on Twitter and it was like, well, why watch basically? Or like, well, what's the point then? And I was like, well, when we say this, and I know we mean the same thing because we talk about this, we agree about this. It's not that, you know, don't watch any game and just tune into the playoffs. I don't think that, not not for the least re- of which reason, like, I feel like people who watch the games are more likely to listen to the pod. So please keep doing both. If you have to pick one, the pod, but please do both. Um, but I think the little things that we see, and they're not even all as little, but the things that we see them doing and improving at, that's what really matters this regular season. And it's good to win games. It's fun to watch competitive games. It's fun to watch the Bucks win. Obviously, they need to make the playoffs. Despite all these bumps in the road that we and so many others have documented, they're third in the East right now. Like, that doesn't seem like a real big problem. They're top five net rating still, I think, despite their two-game losing streak that they snapped against Atlanta. Yeah. I'm almost positive. Give me stats, NBA, so I can do uh, good luck. Good, good luck uh, navigating their new site. But... The Bucks are not going to miss the playoffs. I don't think that's a concern at all. Um, but there's still there's it's just it's watching deeper than you know who won, who lost, how do they do against this team. It's more nuanced. It you got to actually watch. Yeah, that's the difference. You got to actually watch, and you know stats are good. Stats are important. We're always going to cite stats. I'm the, biggest, but like, I'm the biggest stats guy you can find, and I'm telling you to actually watch, watch the games. Yeah, you got to watch the games. Uh, it's just crazy. I actually think it's more fun this season I do compared too. to last season. I do too. Well, it's because, I mean, even last year we ended up buying in just because they were so damn good and, and dominant, but there was always that feeling of like, they're still doing the same. This things. is the same team. It's, it's the, the exact same, same team. It's the same things. And we're getting different things now. It's new players. Drew has been an absolute delight. I think we might have to deep dive Drew on an episode soon. Um, I can't get over how much I enjoy his game. That's a whole other convo. His but, jump hooks are just beautiful. Like so he will steady. go. He he posted up Trez. <laughs> he is unconcerned about anyone. That is one true fact about Drew. If Howard. there was one thing, sorry, quick aside about Drew. If there was one thing I wish he was, is more cocky. I wish yeah. if after he posted up Trez, he would have done like the too small thing. Oh, if he that did that, that would have just been. I would have. I would have collapsed. Just like come at. Come at one game with the confidence and swagger of Bobby Portis, Drew. Just once. <laughs> just test it out. Um, but no, but like you you put it perfectly, we're seeing the things that we wanted to see, and they're not great at it, which is what we expected. They're, they've honestly been better at a lot of things than I thought. I mean, their switching, I think, is coming along relatively fast. I think we're seeing better results than we've seen previously, and they have to keep doing it against good teams, but 
it's what we it's what I wanted to see. It's what you wanted to see. Like I, I don't want to use the general weeks. I know some people want them to win. I want them to win too. They've won they enough for me. <laughs> yeah, they are winning. But the indicators and the new things are really exciting. Yeah, for sure. Uh there's gonna be hitches. Like we said, there is a possession, I think it was against the Hawks, where uh I think it was a was it a one five pick and roll by Atlanta? And no, it was a one four. because Brooke wasn't involved. So I think it was Drew and I think Chris at the time. It was a small lineup. Uh, They were trying to navigate that pick and roll. Drew went for the switch. Chris went for a drop, and they sort of lost people. Yep. And that's going to (laughs) happen. After that, it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen less often as time goes on. Yes. But that's an interesting thing to watch for if you're watching the game. If you're if yes. you're still looking for reasons for watch regular season games. Yeah, that, here's some specific the type of things, things we're looking for. Yeah, that's that's, that's a great idea. Some specific things. I want to get back to more Giannis, but quickly, how they navigate any sort of a ball screen off or on the ball? Do they switch it or they do more drops? Because I saw a lot of people. I think after the Brooklyn, I think it was after the Lakers game. Cause that's when I was like hitting you up. Like, can we pod like early tomorrow? I have so many thoughts. It's probably good that we didn't. I think I would have just ranted, but maybe, maybe that would have been a good pod. Who knows? But it was like, they're doing the same things. It's all these threes. And I was like, they're not doing the same things. They gave up too many threes, but it's not for the same reason. Like they're blowing switches and Giannis falls asleep too much. That's another Giannis thing to talk about, but like it's not like they're not just dropping and giving up these wide open uncontested threes like they were like the very first part of the Utah game. Like they're they're blowing switches and giving up the threes, but so that's the one thing is certainly like how they navigate all ball screens. You're gonna see way more switching in the past. Watch just Brooke Lopez in general, especially yeah, if he's on personnel a player. Personnel specific. See how different players react to different schemes and whether different players do different schemes. I can't stop looking at Bobby Portis on defense and trying to figure out. I can't stop looking out. at Bobby Portis. He's just an I- iconic player. An iconic player. I'm, I need to start a Bobby Portis fan club. I think it exists. I think there's a Twitter account. I think, oh, I'm sure it does. We need to, we, we need to do a giveaway with some Bobby Portis merch. I tweeted this oh, at Bobby underdog Portis. underdog merch, yeah. Underdog merch. So somebody tweeted at Bobby Portis, or at somebody who tweeted at Bobby Portis, and said, no one wants Bobby Portis merch. Like, stop, like I, I hope he sees this. And Bobby Portis quote tweets it and just with the cap emoji. Cap. And a bunch of people were tweeting, and I, I feel like we now I feel compelled to support Bobby Portis's merch at least in this lull. Well, we don't have any active merch. At least we can help out Bobby Portis. Yeah, <laughs> you're that merch. Hopefully, coming soon. But. Underdog shop something. Yeah, we'll we'll I figure out that. the Bobby Portis merch stitch um, in the future. But yeah, personnel, how players do things. Um, just Chris in general. Every Chris possession is a blast. Also, I feel like this needs to be said. I don't not to you, but. In addition to learning things, like you're also allowed to just have fun watching the games. Like they're fun. Giannis dunking is fun. Everything Chris does is fun. I even enjoy Tanasis basketball, to tell you the truth, even if it's probably not sustainable on any serious level. Watching Tanasis attempt basketball. Tory Craig. <laughs> Tor- oh, oh yeah. We're gonna have to add Tory Craig to the end of this. I forgot about. We got real Tory Craig minutes. But let's circle back to Giannis for now. Mm-hmm. So I think our overarching point about this just all being a process gets hammered home in the last two quotes in Eric names piece. So these are the quotes first, bud, then Giannis. I think in the big picture, hopefully it's going to be something that's a positive Budenholzer said. And I think Giannis's ability to finish through or over multiple people is part of what makes him so unique. And so overall, I just hope the net gain is positive. It's not just all about Giannis. And then Giannis goes, 
at the end of the day, we believe in this, Atetekumpo said. We believe this is going to work for us. It's going to take us where we want to be. We're in a good place. We just got to keep believing in it, keep believing in the system, and things will take care of themselves. I'm just like, yeah, absolutely. I'm just with both of those quotes. Yeah, it's, it's, I've said this multiple times. It's what we wanted to hear. It is. The things that have cost the Bucks in the past is defenses load up against Giannis, and then the rest of the team just is like, oh, well, shoot. Uh, I guess I have the ball here. Uh, what, what, what do I do? Yep. Uh, so now it's just like, I think Bud saying it's not just all about Giannis is key because it's more shifting a focus towards having Chris and Drew be more primary initiators in terms of the actual offense in terms of half court offense which is something we've been seeing more we talked about a little bit in in an inadvertent way when we're saying Giannis is screening more we're saying that Chris and Drew are handling the ball more yeah definitely. Uh, Giannis is being involved in actions as a secondary playmaker and that just makes him even more dangerous and that just makes the ability for Chris and Drew to get to their spots and do what they do best that makes that even better because that that is more suited for postseason basketball where they're going to load up against Giannis as at the top of the key. They're going to, I hate saying build that wall in terms of like defense. I hate it. Can we find a better term? Like, I feel like Stan Van Gundy immortalized it in his Pistons tenure, building an effing wall. I just, I would almost feel disrespectful to SVG if we went away from the terminology. That's fair, but also it's just overused. It has it's it's gotten quite old. I Chris Webber has a tattooed on like his back or something at this point. <laughs> oh, I I don't want to think about Chris Webber back tattoos. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> it's that's not going to work. It's it, yeah. they've tried it, they've tried it multiple times. It has not worked either time or any time, I should say. Yeah, yeah. It it hasn't worked. It's just they're going to be Einstein's definition of, of insanity if they keep trying it and then expecting different results. What they need to do is change, and that's what they've been doing. Yeah, yeah, and Giannis is, is central in that, and it's, listen, I've made this point before. It's hard to accept a different play style when the play style that your team built around you that you just re-upped on in this Supermax contract has gotten you so far. And I think we've seen teams and players in the past and Bucks played him last week. James Harden's a great example. He seems to be embracing playing a much different way now that he's on a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but for a year or like eight years, I think in Houston, I think so. like not all of that time, but most of that time, like they warped basketball into the James Harden show and it didn't work year after year. And there was no pivot. Like James Harden wanted to continue playing that way. And I think, that is a very natural and honestly understandable thing. Like he won an MVP in that span. Change sucks, especially like when you're widely acknowledged as one of the best in your field and you're crushing it and you have 60 point triple doubles doing it that way. It's really hard for someone to come in and be like, actually establishments hanging up your jerseys. (laughs) Establishments, a good word to use. Um, But it's really hard to say like, Let's take the ball out of my hands. Giannis, you know, is human for how, you know, utterly perfect people might have this perception of him. We're all human at the end of the day. Um, And it's hard for anyone who's an MVP level athlete to be like, you know what? Yeah, let me be away from the ball more. But I think we're seeing it on and off. I hope we see it more. I hope they mix in. Like, Like Bud said, 
He's always that's the fastball is finishing at the rim. There should always be some of that. If only if for no other reason than like let's not have Giannis become unhappy with his role. And there's no indication he is, but I think it's important to always have some of that. And even but, that, it's just if he gains more skills, it's more yes. things for the defense to think about, which makes him getting to the rim even easier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I would much rather see him drive to the and I think he would agree 40% less. If, you know, eight out of 10 of those drives aren't smack dab into the fortification, not a wall, um, the ramparts, I don't know, um, whatever Rohan wants to call it. I'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll workshop it. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly agree. I want to talk a little bit about Giannis on defense. Okay. He's just falling asleep a little bit too much. I think most of the downstock games for Giannis that I have given out, sometimes it's turnovers. Mostly for me, it's like when I see him lose shooters and I think the Nets game was a good example. Like Jeff green was just sliding open way too easily against Giannis and Jeff green was crushing it shooting coming into this game. It's just not something you can do. I think that's probably been my biggest gripe with him even more than free throws or whatever else. Um, But I think it's an easy fix. And I think he was a little bit better against the Lakers. I can't really remember the Hawks game as much. I did watch, but I think a little bit better there too. But I just think, He's just got to be a little bit more attentive on that end off the ball. I agree with that. I will say this might be him saving himself. Yeah. On defense. Because that's one thing he talked about at the start of last season. Yeah. Where it's like he's got he's to manage his minutes and stuff like that. This sort of allows him to play more minutes, which he has been playing more minutes this year. So, uh, actually, let me... Let me make sure I'm not. I was gonna. Are you, are you lying to the people? No, he he he's up to 32.3 minutes a game after 30.4 last year. So he is playing more minutes. Per and game. to compound, or not to compound, to go off of that, to agree with that, not good with words for a podcast host, but he's also played more minutes in some individual games, like yeah. against Brooklyn. I want to say he played a good deal of minutes. I think against the Lakers too. I know Brooklyn for sure. He was up near 40, if I He played 40. Correctly. Yeah, he played yeah. about 40 against Brooklyn. He played oh, yeah. 35 against the Lakers. He played 36 against the Hawks. He had his games like the Orlando game. He played 27 minutes. That's because he had five fouls. Yeah. Uh, even in the Lakers game. I didn't realize he fouled out of the Lakers game. Yeah, and he had four against uh, Atlanta too. And that yeah. was a game that at halftime, it looked like it was going to be an easy win. Credit to Atlanta for hitting every single shot and fighting back. Um, but yeah, I think certainly we've seen Giannis play a bit yeah. more. Like you're, Yeah, like you're saying, we've seen a lot of big minute games. 36, 35, 40, 36, 38, uh, 36. Like you, you never saw these numbers in the past on a regular basis. Like that's like what, six or seven numbers I just listed off in the span of 16 games. Yeah. It's just, it's... Or 15 games, he missed one game. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's good to see that he might be actually trying to manage his minutes. He could do that in a smarter way yes. instead of just losing shooters and just getting yeah. caught a ball watching. But I guess it's a start. <laughs> yeah. And I just, again, it's, it's just, it's knowing how to pick the spots better. I think there's a, you cannot go all out on every single defensive possession. And also just like stick around a guy, especially if you're honest and like raising your arm is like covering 20 feet of yeah, ground. Yeah, but the thing, it's... like his his role on defense doesn't really allow for that because he needs to be able to get to anyone at a given that's time. That's true. Yeah, that's, well, that's just... again, that's something you really need to look at. Like the more you switch, the less you need Giannis to cover everyone's ground. I guess you could say the more. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, it's a tough thing to cover. Maybe if anything else, there needs to be a more 
set guideline of like if if you see Giannis start to waver, like be prepared to help the helper. And that's something that someone like probably Dante DiVincenzo a lot of times based on how, who he's guarding is going to have to be ready to rotate over. That's again, that's just getting more and comfortable with the switching and figuring things out. Yeah, of course. This this stuff is going to be hammered home over time over the rest yeah. of the season. Thankfully, we we talked about this at the top, but like it was, the postponement was due to the Wizards. Like the yeah, Bucks haven't yeah. had any issues, so yes, hopefully, yeah, hopefully they keep it all together. Maybe Adam Silver is going to pull a fast one, get everyone vaccinated. Who knows? He can do anything at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why they're having an All Star game. Who knows? Oh, uh, sneaky. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully all goes well on that end so they can continue to go and learn because it's hard to learn without, you know, actually being with your full team. That's a good point. Is there any other Giannis stuff you wanted to cover? I feel like, and I'm glad we did a Giannis episode because I do feel like way too often we're like, Giannis, so great. Let's talk about, you know, Bobby Portis for 35 minutes. It's it's important to focus on Giannis from time to time. Even like, even not even Bobby Portis. Like that's what we did the majority of last season <laughs> in terms of the regular yeah. season because Giannis was so consistent, so dominant. Yeah. But now he was doing the same things over and over again. Now we're actually seeing nuance change, which is, you know, actually good to talk about. <laughs> One of the 11,000 points, right? That was, yeah, that was he did. the other he news. He Marcus Johnson for, I think, eighth all time on the book. Eight? Yeah, something Eight. like that. Might even be higher. Um, yeah, I can but, take a look really quick. But yeah, congratulations to Giannis. Again, it's kind of funny. And every everything about the season, it seems like there's so much negativity. And by the way, just like absolute greatness also happening, just dampened a little bit. But Yeah, and I think he was saying he is sixth all-time, pardon yeah. me, yeah. Uh, in terms of Bucks leading scoring. And I think one of his post-game quotes was, I want to get to the, I want to get to the number one spot. He will. He definitely will. <laughs> he definitely will. He's not that far off right now, I'm pretty sure. Let's just – well, I know how to cap this segment off, Rohan. Okay, what are we doing? You know what I'm going to say. Do I? He signed the Supermax. He did sign what the Supermax. He signed yeah. the Supermax. Uh, we yeah. have good problems. We have good we problems. Do. Okay, basketball reference. Tell me what I need to know. He, Yeah, so he just needs – 3,204 more points. And he's gotten 11,000. Well, this is year eight. It's not easy, but also, obviously, he ramped up a lot after the first few. Yeah, so what is that? How many total... Do you, can you pull up how many total points he had, like, last year? Uh... <laughs> I can't hear. Hold on. I got it. Um, I would. I think a couple thousand is pretty standard for... Yeah. Uh, oh, 1,800. 1,800. So, like, so he'll get it in the this contract. Oh yeah, it's about two and a, two full eighty-two. I guess he only played sixty-three games last year. I always forget last year also was shortened. But yeah, basically two full seasons away. You said thirty some hundred. Uh yeah, he is. I scrolled past it. He is three thousand two hundred and four points. Could be by the end of next season. It could be a full honestly. season. Wow, that's wild. Next um, up is uh, Bobby Dandridge. Bobby D. I know He's... Kareem is first. Wait, let me. Yeah. Oh, how okay. Many, how many can I name? How many okay. can I name? So we just passed I just Marcus. I, I was wondering what that was. So Bobby D. Um, is Ray Allen up there? Nope. Ray no, Allen is 10th. I could, yeah, I guess he wasn't really here that long. Wow, this is going to be a lot tougher than I thought from the jump. Um, Sidney Moncrief? He is number three. Okay. Uh, Glenn Robinson? Did he play enough? Number two. Okay. Oh, okay. So that makes it easier. So Kareem, 
Glenn Robb, um, Sidney Moncrief. So there's two more ahead of Giannis. Yep. Are they are either of them modern at all? Yes. Okay. Ish. Hmm. Wow, I can't. I, I, I like... told you one of them. <laughs> Who did you tell me? Oh, Bobby okay. D. Yeah, Bobby D. So is number one five. Of them. So one of them is more modern. I know Chris isn't ahead of him. No. Oh, he's probably not that. Well, I guess he is. Yeah, his his counting stats have never been as high. Uh, it's not Bogut, is it? Nope. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna get it. I'm trying to think now. If you want me to Who... tell you? Yeah, I do. Michael Red. Oh, duh. Oh, how could I think of any Bucks scoring and not think of Michael Red immediately? He was only 40 points shy of Sydney. Wow. And that is I, – I, I'm, I'm proud of myself for how many I got. Yeah, I no. So, it's yeah, so Giannis bad. is 371 points away from uh, Bobby Dandridge in fifth all-time. So probably this season. Top five yeah. Bucks scorer this year. Mm-hmm. In year number eight. Wow, that's – and especially considering the first... He's only had like four good seasons. <laughs> yeah, it took it... Well, year one, 6.8. Year two, 12.7. Then he gets to 17. So he's only been a 20 point... At least 20 point per game score for this will be his fifth season hitting that mark. So, yeah, not too bad. Not not too bad of a career so far from the Greek freak. Yep, he's, it's wild. He's 10th all time in terms of, of three-pointers for Bucks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Chris Middleton is third already. Is Ray uh, first? Yeah. Okay. He's got Chris 1,051. Is... Ray, How far is uh, Chris? Chris has got 929. So oh, he's so going like... to get there this season. That's going to be a fun moment. Yeah. Ursan's going to get there maybe too. He's at 530. Oh, my. You would. You would. You would. <laughs> Tony Snell is ninth. <laughs> wow. 333 threes Giannis passing Tony Snell on the made threes list is going to be hilarious oh Snell season's gonna have a a wild time he's three away he's three away from tying him could be could be Tim Thomas is eighth Charlie Bell at seven Ersan is fifth if you had to bet if you here's a game if you had to bet of one player on the roster now not currently on the leaderboard getting top 10 who do you think is most likely? So obviously Chris and Giannis are already Dante, there. 100%. Dante, not Drew? Nope. Dante's going to... Not gonna, I, da, <laughs> No, <laughs> not Bryn Forbes. Two good years puts Bryn Forbes probably on there. I think it's got to be Dante because I think he has the chance to actually be like a solid, solid three-point shooter for a long time. That's true. I mean... Yeah, he also is the young core, the trade chip, but I don't think he's going to be moved. No, it, just, it takes a long young. time. They, yeah, I I don't think oh, I'm just looking through these categories. There's a lot. Giannis is number two in free throws. That uh, makes sense. Two in free throw attempts. I was going to say he's probably number one in attempts and number two number or two three in rebounds. Game. Number one in defensive rebounds. Congratulations, Giannis. Oh. Uh, number nine in steals. Can you? You're never going to guess who's number one in steals. Uh, Quinn Buckner. Oh, I said hard-nosed defensive guard. It didn't. I don't think he was in Milwaukee for that long, though. No, he's number That's three the... in blocks. Number uh, one is Alton Lister. Alton Lister. Oh, I guess Quinn Buckner was here for six years. That's the thing about Buck stats. Not that many players stayed for that long. So, like, Quinn yeah. Buckner, number one in steals. He only played six years on the Bucks, And five of those years, less than 30 minutes per game. So, like... Like, it's wild. I feel like most franchises, like, well, I shouldn't say most. I mean, I'm sure if you looked at, like, I don't know, 
some like Pelicans all time. It's probably just a bunch of Anthony Davis and then like Tyreek Evans. But I don't know. It's interesting that players who didn't actually stay all that long have like commanding leads for number one and main category stats. Yeah. I mean, Brooke Lopez is number one in two point field goal percentage. I don't, I don't think I would have guessed that. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is just wild deep dive into Bucks history right now. Yeah. I, we had other stuff planned, but this is like more interesting. I feel like. Okay. We, we let's, we can get back to the other stuff. So I guess Brooke Lopez, that's a good segue. Yeah, I made it one. It's not, but I made it one. Um, <laughs> so you, you, you sort of lit up the timeline a little bit. I did. Uh, because we had to do, <laughs> we had, we had a report. Who was the report for? Was it from Shams? I think it was uh, from Shams. It might have been. Yeah, I'll go with you. I think it was from Shams. Um, that the Pelicans are currently listening to trade offers for veteran guards. JJ Redick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lonzo Ball? One more so than the other is a yes. veteran, but sure. But Lonzo's been in the league for like six years now. I guess, yeah. Was it 15? No. Yeah. No, that was Russell. I think 16. 16. So five years. Yeah. Wow. That's Which is wild. Humble. Wiggins has been in the league for eight years. <laughs> He's had the same game for all for eight seven. years. This is, yeah. But so they're listening to trade offers for JJ Redick and Lonzo Ball. And you uh, just. Go for it. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. So basically, I mean, there's all people have all sorts of ideas. There's a lot of like, oh, DJ Wilson and DJ Augustine or something like that. Personally, I don't think a two for one deal makes a lot of sense for the Bucks because it's like they're already so strapped for cash. They need to wait to use that buyout spot. Hopefully not on Ursan. Um, and I just think like opening up another roster spot would be make things even trickier, even if they did shed a little bit of salary. But so the one for one trade that makes sense for both guys, they both make around the same amount is Brooke Lopez. And basically I tweeted, that's the salary construct that makes sense. But like the Pelicans just paid Steven Adams a lot of money. I went and looked at the trade NBA and I double took and I knew they gave him an extension, 
but I double took at Steven Adams dollar amount. And that must what's, just be what's the what's the dollar amount? It's like twenty seven. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Um, which I mean is not a ton of NBA money. I mean, it's a, a wild league where it is a lot of NBA money. <laughs> it's a lot of I mean, he's been good. Um, and I guess they needed like a culture setter kind of guy. Um, but yeah, okay, it's a lot of money. Um, I went thunder at first. Yeah, twenty seven point five this year, and that's recently signed. So a lot of money for Steven Adams, but they have a high price center. They I don't think the Pelicans have any desire to get Brooke Lopez at this point, at least like not when they could get anything else. And the thing about JJ Redick and Lonzo Ball is neither one of them are making a bigger percentage of their threes than Giannis this year. JJ Redick and Giannis tied at 30%. That really made a splash online. Uh, Lonzo actually making less than that. I think like 28%. Also, I think one of the few players shooting worse from free throw percentage than Giannis and really bad from the field too. His offensive numbers have been a mess. In fairness to both of the Pelicans we're talking about, their whole team is kind of a mess. It's really hard to look good right there, right now, there, right now. But I have no interest in giving up a good starter. I think still in Brooke Lopez for either one of these perimeter guys who are hitting 30% or less of their threes. I don't know. I What are your thoughts? I feel like it's going to be pretty similar, but... I mean, yeah, I don't think that's really a possibility. Also, does that mean Bobby Portis is your starting center? Or Giannis, I guess, is the thought, which I don't hate working in more Giannis at the five, but I don't like having to work in more Giannis at the five. And especially this year's starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. And does that, who's your, so Bobby Portis is your backup five, and if you don't, that's assuming Giannis is at the five. If you yeah. start Bobby Portis, what's your what's your backup front court? Is Tenasis DJ Wilson season. your backup center? Tenasis and DJ Wilson and Pat. Oh, my goodness. Pat <laughs> at center. Oh my goodness. We already made him a four. We have the technology. I can't say it, but he's going to buy my building. Uh, <laughs> but those no. lights look like they violate a fire code, Rohan. Oh, we got to no. get you out of here. Oh, no. Uh, Landlord Pat C twirling a mustache. Oh boy, Pat, please. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to move. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's unfeasible. I would love if it was possible to take a flyer on Lonzo because I feel yeah. like his stock is at an all-time low. Shouts to John Bellion. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say shouts to the the stock market thing we do, but that's that's yeah, also no, a shouts, good, that's yeah, a good shouts. No, yeah, shouts to that too. Yeah, um, that should have I should have said shouts to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the I feel like you're going to get the five people who get the reference are going to be like, that's a sick reference. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, taking a flyer on Lonzo is good because his stock is really down right now, and I still think he has the possibility to be a good player or a good rotation player because he just sees the floor so well. It's looking more and more like last season shooting was an aberration yeah. because of how poorly he's shooting the ball, like you mentioned this season. So maybe last season was a bit of fool's gold where I think he was at like thirty-seven percent from yeah three on like five attempts a game, I believe, something around there which was just wild to see from Lonzo who just came in with a broken and credit to him. He's completely reworked. His shot looks normal and it looks like it goes in on a consistent basis. It looks like it's going to go in more often. Yeah, than it's, it's, yeah, it hasn't actually, but yeah, yeah. I, I do. You're right. I agree. Yeah. He's worked on it and maybe he's just getting back into it. It's, it is still early in the season. Like JJ Redick, like he's not a career 30% shooter. This might be an aberration for him in terms of like, an early season cold streak. You're looking at me like he's washed. Uh, 
I'm thinking. I know. I'm. I know it's ironic. Cause I'm always the one who's like, the DJ Agassi not washed. Brooke Lopez not washed. Career or not career, but since '09, lows in minutes, two point percentage, and three point percentage. I don't think the Pelicans have a ton of guys that are straight up better than. I mean, maybe they do now if he's washed. But like, if you assume it's just a slump, I feel like there would be guy. Like I feel like there'd be minutes for him. Really hasn't been. If anyone's gonna find minutes for him, I feel like Stan Van Gundy is, you know, old coach from the Orlando days. I'm I'm worried. I certainly wouldn't trade. This is the playoffs one time, and he's washed. It's now. over. The magic. Yep. He, he made a deal with the devil. It's finally paying off. I guess for the is devil. the devil Zion. <laughs> I I just meant like at the beginning of his career with the playoffs, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> no, because I remember I remember at the beginning of last season with his like uh, oh yeah uh, introduction where he's like I told Zion like hey don't f this up for me man <laughs> I made the playoffs every year and then they didn't so <laughs> blood feud. Yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, he might he might be washed. I mean, this happens. It's the yeah, life cycle I, of an NBA player. Like yeah. he sure. he's he's getting up there in age. No matter what he does. Oh, you know what it is. He he's never been the same ever since he had Pat on his pod. That's Pat's had his powers. Estate. What is Pat shooting from three? Yeah, Pat might have taken his powers. Pat absolutely took his power. They're like they did a Freaky Friday thing. Shouts to little Dicky, Pat. So Pat shot 33% the last two years. He's shooting 45%. Where at, oh, I don't I went back to Quinn Buckner, not JJ Reddick. But all of a sudden they swapped three point percentages. JJ oh, Reddick. There we go. We 30. we might be on to something here. We solved it. We solved it. Now Pat's gonna evict both of us for giving out his secret. Or when he comes on this pod, we're gonna be shooting the lights out. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I was gonna say maybe podcasting caught up to JJ Reddick. This is exhausting. It's draining. Uh, it's certainly sapping some of my athletic prime. My dunks on my Nerf hoop are just not what they used to be. Who can say? Yeah. So but straight up, you would not trade Brooke Lopez for either JJ Redick or Alonzo Ball. Oh, not a chance. Not okay. a chance. It does not make any feasible sense financially in terms of like actual like asset value, or yeah. it doesn't make terms sense in terms of roster construction. It doesn't make sense in terms of any any way, any facet, any way, shape or form. Yeah. What about a different Brooke Lopez trade? Like, I don't know, PJ Tucker or something like that. Like, I, I, let me put it this way. Let me ask the question a different way. Would you like, would you prefer to trade Brooke Lopez or not? Cause I do think there's some people that are on like the, on team, like just ship him out. I'm not there. I'm I not. There. People can tell. Okay. Why? I think, I think he, no matter how much he seems to have maybe taken a step back this season so far, so far, yeah. it's still, he still brings so much to this team in terms of versatility, in terms of defense, in terms of, you know, actual uh, scheme, in terms of like offense, you can do so much with him. He still has gravity in, as a shooter while also playing great rim defense. You can't find that on the trade market. Like, if you're looking for that, you already have that. <laughs> right. So if you're looking for a trade for Brooke Lopez, it has to be an upgrade at center. I don't think you're finding that. No. And I think. Cause he's I, not like an actual negative on the court for Milwaukee. No, no I don't think so. Uh, he's scoring less. He's blocking shots less. I will say he's looked a bit slower around the rim. I still think he's just coasting. Like I think yeah. it's. He's also not at the rim as much. Yeah. It, Fair, really good point. Uh, really, really good point there. I didn't even think of, but that certainly is a factor in the block numbers. 
Um, I think he's being asked to do different things. So like instead of focusing 100% of his defensive efforts on, you know, how can I be the best possible rim detector? All of a sudden it's like, oh, I got I to gotta be switching too. I, I have other things to worry about. Um, he's, his second best three-point shooting season ever. Just his first Milwaukee year is better. More volume and a higher percentage than last year. He's also shooting better from two than he did last year. Most of the other numbers are fairly consistent. All-time leading two-point percentage. <laughs> he's, he's shoring it up, man. He's shoring it up this season. 57.6. There we go. 55.6 right now. Um, so a little bit down, but he'll, he'll, he'll pick it up, I think. Um, but I think it's an Andre Iguodala thing, man. I really do. I think playoff time, we're going to see a different Brook. I am not trading him unless it is like a wild offer. Unless, I don't even know. I can't even think of anything. Available. If the Pacers are like, do you want Miles Turner? I sure, I guess. Uh, Miles Turner's really good. He's blocking no, no, like a no, thousand I, shots. No, I just, thought, I just thought of something. Kevin Love. I would say no. No, I'm not interested. I because like even a slower Brook Lopez is going to give you a lot more defensively and just as a pure five than Kevin Love. And also, there's the salary Andre thing. Andre Drummond. No, no, thank you. No, Jabail? thank you. Just anyone from the Cavs. <laughs> What's up with you and the Cavs? I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to trade all their. <laughs> they <laughs> are. You know, I wouldn't. You know what I wouldn't hate? I feel like I might get roasted for this. Oh no! Can I guess it? Yeah, try to guess it. Chetty. No, oh, no, this isn't a. Not, it's not a Brook Lopez trade. Oh, okay. It's not okay. a Brook Lopez trade. Chetty's fine. I, he's okay. Um, I wouldn't hate Javale for DJ Wilson. Ooh, because like okay. the Bucks could use a backup center. I feel like, and and the the nice thing about that trade is you can also get a wing or guard, whatever you feel like you need more in the buyout market still, and you get to address the backup center thing. If the Cavs wanted to do that straight up, and I'd have to, it might be a little bit too rich, just because I, I'm almost positive Javale makes like five point five, and DJ Wilson's like four point seven. So the trade would work, but the Bucks are just have such thin margins right now. So maybe you'd have to. I don't. I don't know what you'd have to include. Um, I, everyone loves the rookies so much, so I, that's probably a non-starter. Nah, nope. You gotta, you got I, I even forgot about them. <laughs> you said young court. I said Dante's the only one. Nah, we got Jordan yeah, Warren, true. Sam Merrill here. Um, let's see how much does old. Oh no, Javale only makes four point two. Oh, then you could easily. So they'd do be it. saving salary. In yeah, you'd be cutting three hundred thousand, so you could sign the the fifteenth guy even sooner, and you'd have a backup center who honestly, for all the things about Javale, and I know he had a great highlight where he like dribbled through his legs and and dunked full court. Oh, and point then, Javale, yeah. And then he had like four hundred turnovers the next game, which is like the very obvious foreseeable outcome. I would like this trade. Um, I, I think DJ Wilson, there's something there. I look at it as similar to Sterling Brown, where I think it's just going to take like that, you know, coming to the light moment of, you know, not getting a contract renewed and, and having a chance of being out of the league. And I think Sterling came back a way better player. Maybe the same thing happens with DJ Wilson, maybe not. But considering, and I want to close as our last Bucks topic with Torrey Craig, this is a good segue. Considering how good Torrey Craig looked in one game in basically the same role, I'm okay with getting the nice center depth. Although I, maybe it's a little redundant with Bobby Portis. I don't know. I, I don't hate the trade. All this to say, I don't hate the trade. Yeah, that actually might be. That's that's got me interested. I don't. I don't want to throw in a pick. No, no, no chance. It'd have to be straight up. It'd have to be the Cavs like saying, you know what? Sure, let's take a flyer on DJ Wilson. We have 900 centers. It's like if we can't trade Andre Drummond, let's open up some more minutes for Jared Allen. Take a Javale. Yeah. 
I actually, yeah, you're, you're talking me into this. And I will say one last thing on this fake trade that probably won't ever happen. You never say never. The Cavs like doing agent favors, I think. And like sending JaVale to a contender would be a nice thing to do as opposed to sending him to like Sacramento because Marvin Bagley's dad keeps tweeting at, at the Kings to trade him or whatever. Oh my goodness. Do we, that, that situation is just wild. I feel like it just died. Once, if they trade him, if they trade any of and they had someone else's dad, I think, complaining. If they make a trade, yeah, if they had to, uh, Deer and Fox's dad got into it too. We're going to have to do a deep dive on, on mad NBA dads um, when that happens. A deep, like, soon 10 to minutes, be LeBron. 10 minutes. Good point. Oh, LeBron would be the maddest dad, and he could actually do something about it. Because um, <laughs> okay, he's going to be on the team with Brody. <laughs> yeah, and the owner and the GM and whatever else. Tory Craig. Yes. I've got to say, I have been trying to deflate the Tory Craig float. There was a parade ready for Tory Craig. Bucks Twitter was so excited for Tory Craig. And I was like trying to burst the bubble over and over and over again. I was impressed by Tory Craig. Um, pedestrian box score, four points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal. It's actually a pretty impressive box score, but it's not, not going to jump out at you know someone just perusing the box score quickly. I really like the way he looked in the Tenasis DJ Wilson role. I'm all for giving him more opportunities. He was like rolling to the rim more effectively than those guys. He's His physical. First points was a dunk. A, like a fun dunk. It was a cut, pick. wasn't it? Oh, it was yeah. a pick and roll. Okay. Yeah. I th- I believe I might be wrong. I think I think it was, I think you're right. Um, he, he ran a few pick and rolls and he looked comfortable doing it, which I didn't really expect. Yeah, he definitely looks more accustomed to NBA play than DJ Wilson at the best. Yeah. Which is to be expected. Low bar. <laughs> Yeah. Low bar. <laughs> uh, but that also makes a massive difference when you're also competent. Uh, not No shots. Uh, I'm not taking any shots here. But he plays a more traditional role uh, compared to like DJ Atanasis in terms of like you know what he wants to do on a basketball court out there versus when those other two aforementioned players are out there you're like ooh, what are they gonna do out there <laughs> mystery box yeah sometimes it's really good sometimes it's fun sometimes you get uh sometimes you get Manassas like blocking uh anthony davis then doing a contorted layup in transition and then you're like whoa <laughs> hold up here <laughs> what, what did we just see <laughs> and then sometimes I, you just you, you get uh is getting just absolutely posted into oblivion by a scoop pass to nowhere (laughs) there's a lot of those like just there's some rough results as well i will concede that as as a tenacious stock owner i will concede that that block though that 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 highlight he's that's gonna go on the youtube channel for sure definitely (laughs) definitely on the atetacumbros yes it's probably he's a big tiktoker it's probably already on tiktok he is Oh, he TikToked okay. Giannis's contract signing. Oh yeah, he was I in saw... the room just like scoping it out. Yeah. He's that's the only evidence, like video yeah. evidence of Giannis signing the contract. Not that we it, needed evidence per se, but like that's appre- the only visual account. We appreciate a king who knows how to make content. Oh, of course, 100%. we appreciate that. Yeah, but yeah, Tory Craig, he looked very good. It's gonna gonna be interesting to see. Uh, how Bud really manages those minutes going forward yeah. because he's had like all three of those guys have sort of had stints. Is this Tory Craig's stint now? That's my feel, but I, I do think that the point of doing the stints, and I don't actually hate the idea of the stints. I mean, you could say that Tory Craig 
should have gotten in earlier. Sure, I don't disagree. But he also broke his face. Yeah, he, he did break his face. Um, he was wearing, wearing the a mask. Masked Tory Craig. Hopefully, he doesn't lose his, his great play when the mask comes off. There could be some powers there too. Um, but I, I don't hate the stints because then you get a real idea of like how the players look. I think like if you yank a guy in five bad minutes into a game and he doesn't play again, maybe for a week, it's just so hard to get a rhythm going. And I think the way it's been doing, it's, the way it's been done so far this year. You're actually getting to see like extended minutes for some of these guys. And I do hope we get more Tory Craig. I would think we would. I mean, there were no guys out to injury or falling out or anything in this game. That wasn't like a totally weird circumstance forced this. It seems to be Tory Craig's turn. So far, it's been a good turn. And I will say the 10 man lineup we saw in the Hawks game, it's early. I'm thinking this might end up being the best 10. So, like, the best. Yeah. Five starters, the best five reserves. The starters, obviously, Drew Dante, Chris Giannis, Brooke, and then DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton, Tory Craig, Bobby Portis. And, like, I like Pat as more of a four on defense. I think, depending on the matchup, I think he de- he defends strength better than speed, kind of in a similar vein to Wes Matthews, although he's clearly not that good of a defender. Um, and he's just, he's good around the post. He's good at snagging rebounds. So I think there's a little bit of a weirdness there with him and Torrey Craig. Maybe you just don't play them together. Um, but I do think that group of 10, I still, I thought this way before the season. I think that's a pretty damn good group. It is. It is. It's a very, it's a very deep group. Hopefully like that's, those are the only players that have played when the games really matter, yeah. but we'll see. Uh, yep. I guess, I guess this is just sort of like, like you said, it's, it's time for, you know, bud the coaching staff to see how like these players like fit together in like long stretches rather than the, I thought that was a really good point rather than just getting yanked uh, after two bad minutes, a couple bad minutes, you get a chance to see, okay, what, what does this actually look like over an extended period of time versus just small sample size data? Yeah. And I think the one interesting thing to me, will be how much run will the rookies get for the rest of this season? I, I'm giving up on the two-way guys getting real minutes. I'm sorry. I would love to see Mare Diakite and J- especially Jalen Adams, who I obviously covered in Oshkosh, play a bit. I think it's in, in, in case of emergency break glass right now. You know, it's tough, but the goal is a championship. At, you kind of have to you know, draw a hard line with some stuff like that, but especially in the season of figuring things out. But I'm interested to see if the rookies get more minutes, how they hold up. If one of the rookies makes it into that crunch 10, and again, I hope I hope we don't even really see 10 guys in every playoff game, but if a rookie gets to that elite group of like the best five or so bench players, that'd be really impressive. I think they'd have to do well because I think we can see here like there's good, useful players on the team. If Merrill or Wara makes it, that's a great sign for the near and long-term future. Oh, for sure. I On the spot, quick, who do you think okay. it is? If one of them Wara. makes it, who is it? Yeah. Laura. Although I, I think Merrill's shot is a little better. Um, and I think Merrill it's probably, less shot putty. Yeah. I, I think he plays a little more within himself, but I think like just his physical profile, it would be so hard for him to make a good enough case over this truncated regular season to play over Bryn Forbes or DJ Augustine. Like they're both similar short guys. DJ Augustine's probably a better ball handler right now. Bryn Forbes is an elite catch and shoot shooter i don't think he's going to be better than either guy on defense although he he fights but so does forbes and augustine i just i think that they're too similar i think there's more of a vacuum at the wing spots and that's why i think wara with his size has more of a chance although if tory craig continues to play really well maybe there's just no vacuum 
Yeah. I I I think they these players are just break glass in case of emergency. Hopefully we don't get there. Yeah. I don't want to say they might, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it, it, it would be great, like a, like a rest day. A couple of guys don't play for yeah, just course. rest reasons. Let's see twenty minutes of Sam Merrill and see how he looks. Like I'm totally okay with that, but I just like again temper those expectations. I Let's don't think start Diakite. I would as long as Diakite plays more. That would than be Cam a lot Reynolds, of fun. As long as he plays more than Cam Reynolds, I'll be happy. More than if he plays. Yes, as long as he <laughs> plays. Exactly. I mean, he's been inactive every single game. Yeah. And there's the the Bucks social media has made a thing about it uh, in terms of him being in his street clothes. So that might be a tough ask. But we'll see. This would be I, this would be the season. But if you're listening here, just throw us about start Diakite one game. Like if Giannis is out, start. I don't need to see him. I want to see him start. I want to see him start. It'd be fun. Come on, Ty. Here's here's the problem. If he starts and has a good eight minutes to start the game, we get DJ Wilson, except way ratcheted up of like, we got to see more Diakite. Yeah, why not? <laughs> because <laughs> because it doesn't always hold up. Think of the rookies this year and how great they looked at first. And then like you play Wara 18 minutes in a game and all of a sudden it's like, oh, he is a rookie. What, he's hitting step back threes? He's taking them. He's certainly always he's hitting them. them. He's hitting up. I know. I know. I, I like Jordan War. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm bullish or I'm bearish. I think bearish. I think is it bullish? I think uh, it might is, be bullish. Just bullish. I, that means I'm I'm lower than people are. No, I think that means you're higher. Yeah, but is I was it? trying to say lower. Oh, okay. I'm bearish on the rookies just because they're rookies still. Although they have looked better than I expected. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I never understand those expressions, so I just never use them. We're stock market executives. We need to pretend to understand them, Rohan. I know, but I'm trying my best out here. I know. Me, me okay, too. This isn't, this, I, I isn't game, this isn't GameStop stock. I don't even. I don't even understand it enough. I tried I to figure wild. out what's going on, but it's just. I like the more I was reading into it, it's just like this is just a freaking mess. Reddit <laughs> is causing ruckus, and one Reddit, the main redditor, made like. A 50k investment into like 50 million yeah yeah somebody said this is going to be the easiest matchup for the sec since notre dame and i busted a gut <laughs> that's clever shout out to twitter the best social media platform the thing is nothing they did is illegal i don't even want to get into this i'm not giving financial advice i'm not condoning whatever reddit did i think hedge fund managers do the same thing yeah, i don't know owners <laughs> Now we're going to have seeing, Pat. I'm saying nothing they're teams. doing is wrong. People are upset. I think you're right. Hey, you, you, I have don't a right know. you have a right to be upset. I will say that. Yeah. But I don't think anything they're doing is against the law. I watched the big short and I still don't seem to get it. <laughs> I haven't even watched it. It's a good movie. Would recommend. Would recommend. Okay. Who's, um, in who's in it? Yeah. Um, Steve Carell, I think, is in it. And um, Oh, that one. Okay. I don't think is it McConaughey? Maybe not McConaughey. No, but someone on that stature. But they made him look like very unkempt. I don't the know. Big short. I don't remember who else is in it. I was gonna say Martin Short, but I just thought that because it's called The Big Short. Christian Bale, Ryan that's, Gosling, that's what I'm Brad Pitt. Oh yeah, Gosling is good in there. Gosling's just good. Gosling's a good actor. Yeah, I'm yeah, in on Ryan Steve Gosling. Girl. Like Drive yeah. was really good. Oh, okay. I really like Gangster Squad, actually. I haven't seen that one. We have to do a movie segment at some point. We might. That might be off season. 
Yeah, it's good. It's off season. That's a good call. And we don't want to encroach too much on Blue Wire friends, Dunks, and Discourse who do oh, a no, bunch of, of great movie of content yeah. all the time. Well, we will never approach their level, but we're just the uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Question Sincerest, mark? exactly. Yeah. That's true. Choose your fighter time. Yes, let's do it. I'm excited. I was waiting. So for this. this is, I want to make it clear what this is. This is sports days. I'm not doing any NBAs. I want to mix it up a little bit. So overall days in sports. So I think I have a selection here of like one main event with a buildup. And then one is a little bit different. So just the best, most enjoyable. And I'm going to say as a viewer, as a fan, sports day, including all aspects of like, Food, parties, pregame, what you do during the day, whatever. Number one is the Super Bowl. Okay. Number two is the World Series Game 7. And I feel like people are going to say that doesn't hold up. I'm not even a huge baseball guy anymore, but Game 7s of the World Series, I feel like are just electric. Just playoff playoff baseball is electric. Playoff baseball is really good. Like playoff baseball versus regular season baseball. I can't, even I can't the stay out of the regular season baseball, but I will no. watch playoff baseball. It's just fun. It is just fun. Um, and the third one, the first day of March Madness. So when there's like oh, literally like five okay. games on at a time, all freaking day long. And like, I think the championship in March Madness is fun. I think the first day is way more fun. Cause I think like the individual oh, college 100%. product. Yeah. Cause like the individual product is okay. It's not as good as NBA. It's just like, it's there. But I feel like the fun of it is like, wait, what number 16 is up at half over like flip to that right now. Oh, what's going on? How many points did this guy with a bowl cut have? Like March madness is just like a frenzy. And that's why mm. it's great. And it's a whole different vibe for me from the other two, but it's like, it's, it stands up. So go, what what are you thinking? I, this might be one where you have to actually think about it. I do is, have to think yeah. about it. Cause like you said, it is two completely different things. I think out of the first two super bowl and world series, I'm going to have to choose super bowl. Yeah. Out of, those two, out of that just, category. And that just national... might be biased. Yeah. No, go ahead. It might be biased because, like, I'm born and raised in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like just football is over everything here. Yeah. Um, and just, I don't know. I never really got into baseball as much. And just like, I don't know. The Super Bowl always took precedence over baseball, even basketball at some point. I will say, I feel like a Brewers game seven would go crazier than a. I'll say Packers. I, I cheer for the Saints too, but like I think maybe just because we haven't seen it, but I don't think that I don't think I disagree with you. See, the thing is, if the if the Brewers were in World Series Game Seven, I'm guaranteed watching it. Yeah. Oh yeah. If they aren't, I don't know if I'm guaranteed to watch it. Yeah, you're guaranteed to watch the Super Bowl. Yes. I'll say the thing about the Super Bowl and just playoff football in general. I just feel like the NFL has done a, such a good job making it into a national event that like there's they're parties so good at everywhere. They're so good at it. They, they, they'll have That's so the many scandals. That's the only reason the sport survives is because they've mastered product. They're just like a scandal. Who cares? Watch Patrick Mahomes. And you know what? It works. NBA, try this. Just like show us the product emphasize the players oh my it's so much watching football is and it's just a it's a great game like this once a week schedule makes it good um i i'm not a huge football guy but i've been watching especially the packer games i was um 
it's a good product. So yeah, I, I think yeah. Super Plus Bowl, the, like, the conversations around them are so nuanced yeah. and it's just like, they do such a good job. They do such a yeah. good job. Imagine if they did something like that for basketball, like, oh my goodness. Cause basketball so is good. already amazing. And imagine if they just took like 1% of what the NFL does in terms I of do actual feel product. Like, I feel like you, the closest you get is during a playoff series, especially the finals. Cause I feel like, that's when the good content creators go into overdrive. Like you're reading Zach Lowe. It feels like every other day or every day with podcasts and even the in-game presentation, I feel like is usually more focused on what's actually happening. That's why I feel like watching a final series all the way through is like up there for me. And we're biased yeah. basketball people. Yeah, for sure. But, oh, so it, I, this one more thing on the first two before we compare okay, the third one. Go for it. I think, like the World Series Game Seven probably is more likely to be exciting. Like we've seen some pretty boring Super Bowls. Like Pat's Rams was a snoozer, but I still watched it and I still went to a Super Bowl party. I think like the fact, and it's obviously going to be a little different this year, but like the fact that it's just like become such a part of, especially in Wisconsin, to like get together with like family or close friends or whoever, and like you know have some beers, make a bunch of apps, watch the game. It's not really there for the other sports as much. So I feel like football, the whole day experience is great. Plus they get the pregame on NFL Network starting at like 4 a.m. And they get all their personalities. It's it's fun. It, the Super Bowl is a fun day. It really is. It, they make it into an event. Plus yes. even during the game, you get to see like all these trailers for all, all the new things. Yeah, the com- great commercials and the halftime show. Yeah, the halftime show. Oh my god! If I have to see that freaking blinding lights commercial one more time, I just like it's ruining the song for me. (laughs) Yeah, I I always thought it felt way too Stranger Things for me to truly enjoy it. Although it is a good song, a a very catchy song. But anyway, okay, good. Go on for the wherever you were going. But yeah, they the Super Bowl is just something of its own. But it is Super March Madness game day one is just it's just i'm so add so it just fits me perfectly yeah like i can just jump game to game like oh this is happening oh this is happening this is happening it's just non-stop basketball and the thing is a lot because college basketball is a trash product sorry um <laughs> well yeah. a lot of the games are close oh yeah <laughs> so coming down to the wire like at the beginning it's in, but as soon as like games start to end while other games are going on that's when it really starts to get going because you're seeing like game winners uh, for upsets. And then while you're seeing like two heavyweights battle it out and it's just exciting. Like, Oh, this, this kid's going to make it in the league sort of thing. Yes. That's the other part of it. Yep. You get to see tomorrow's stars show out on huge stages. Yeah. Like I mentioned this on an earlier episode of the pod, but just like one thing I remember because of March madness is just like uh, Mamadi Diakite and Carson Edwards just going at it. Yeah. And I like that. That was just, it was so good. It was such good basketball. Like in terms of like individual battles, I'll say that. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But, yeah. Ah, this is tough. This is really good. It's, it's such really a, good. it's a good duel between two very different things. I will say the first time I'll give a shout out here to my guy, Alex Nemec, known as Numak in certain circles. I first took in like a full, like I, I hadn't really enjoyed it the right way, but like, He's like, just come over. Me and my roommate are hanging out. We're just going to well, – I think they had a two-TV setup. So that's the elite thing. If you get two TVs, you're flipping on both of them to different games. So much going on. So much, like, just entertaining stuff. We just sat there. Maybe had a couple beverages. Maybe didn't. I was in college. Maybe more than a couple. Who can say? But just sat there and took in games all day long. 
flipping and i'm like i don't know anything about the teams but it's just fun like you know like you turn into a seven eight you know what to expect plus you, you get to in... make a bracket we didn't yes. even talk about oh, that yeah. oh yeah it's way better than a super bowl prediction it means way more yeah you get to make a bracket plus like they have the march madness app which is just very well done oh, man, just i've from... never had this really you yeah, just never... sign in this? with if you have a tv provider so oh. you can like watch all the games yeah. Uh, even you don't even need one for a lot of them because they're oh. on like national networks. Oh, it's yeah. only for certain games if they're on like True TV or something. Yeah, but you can just watch every single game through that app, and you can like put up it, depending on the device. You can have like multiple games going up at once on like an iPad or something. I don't. Yeah. And you just and it gives you like uh, in-game statistics on all the players and like actual like betting odds and stuff like that, and you get to actually fill out a bracket within the app too. Oh, okay. It's a really, it's a really well put together app. I'm definitely gonna check that out if whenever this happens again. Um, yeah, it's I think good. I think it's March Madness day one for me. I'm gonna say it is March Madness, and here's here's what determines it for me. It's very very close. I think there's some Super Bowl matchups where I don't necessarily care as much, and March Madness is really completely divorced from that. Like it doesn't really matter what went on in the NCAA that year. It's it's still going to be March Madness, right? Like it's still going to be fun for the same reasons. So it's like where the pro leagues are more dependent on like selling you these matchups. March Madness is like, it's just, it's March Madness. Here you go. And I'm just like, I'm all in. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah, Day one of March Madness. Yep. That's a really good one though. That's a really good choose your fighter. Thank you. I wanted to, I wanted to mix it up a little bit. I I love working in food and all that other stuff. The Gatorade one was inspired, but yeah, I'm I'm, I agree with you. I feel like we've agreed on almost all of them. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I might have to come up with an even more decisive one next week, which will be a little difficult because this was this was tough. This was definitely really tough. I'm a believer in you, but okay, thank you. That makes one of us. (laughs) Yeah, I know how you feel. Um, but yeah, I think we've. This is oh well, it has been a long episode. (laughs) It has. It has. Um, obviously, I mean, if you're watching the video, hi. We recorded on Zoom instead of our usual platform. So hopefully, let us know if the audio, it should be pretty much the same, but let yeah, us know. I don't usually use this mic also. Oh, yeah. that's Okay, yeah. So never, don't even, don't comment on the audio for at least one more week. Um, but yeah, let us know if you like the video. I'm not stealing your outro. Don't worry. Um, but let us know if you like the video. And oh, yeah, we didn't know how long like we were this. going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you like this in general, like this sort of yeah. format. Let us know what we can do in terms of like, oh, we could we could do so much with this in terms of like yeah. actual like uh content creation in terms of like backgrounds we could inter- integrate different things in like backgrounds and stuff oh it could That's be true. fun and it'll be specific to the people who actually uh watch the youtube feed of it exactly uh, so it's a good incentive to do that uh yeah just let us know your feedback on everything that we're trying out right here uh let us know what you think let us know if it actually turned out well uh and uh i guess we should wrap up this episode and say because it has been a little little longer say thank you for listening to this episode of the euro stuff here on the blue wire podcast network if you did enjoy this episode please leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform choice make sure you tell all of your friends and family about the pod make sure you check out all of the great content across the entire blue wire podcast network exciting stuff coming soon and stay safe everyone please please care about people mask up please stay safe and we will talk to you next time everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.